I'm Joshua Best. I'm Jacob King. And this is Somebody Somebody Else's Favorite Songs. Casual popular music discussion spanning the past 70 years. We talk about the music you love. And the music you should know that you may not. You are listening to Episode 4, Somebody Else's Favorite Christmas Songs. holidays from the <laughs> someone else's that's not even the name of our show <laughs> we're, we're outtakes from the beginning check Whoops. one check two happy holidays from the somebody else's favorite songs guys happy holidays indeed it's that time of year again so this little bonus episode that we have for you would seem to be fairly straightforward because we're going to talk about christmas songs and yet, it will probably be the most controversial thing we do. Because Christmas know. songs, people tend to have very strong opinions about them one way or another. So what's yours then? You really you like Christmas songs a lot? You Are you the kind of person that, after Thanksgiving dinner's over, start playing them 24-7 till Christmas? I didn't used to be. Well, let's go back further. I used to be <laughs> when I was a kid. And... I, in particular, was a was a huge fan of the Chipmunks Christmas albums. Of course. Which both of which I have on vinyl to this day. <laughs> and, let's not you know, let's not visit that. You know, this shout episode. out to the the Chipmunk Christmas song, um, but I I liked Christmas music when I was a kid, and so I you all too kids. wanted the hula hoop, right? Uh, yes, me I want a hula hoop. <laughs> <laughs> we. We we all your kids grow up. They love Christmas, all right. And I, I became more Grinchly the older I got, and got to where there were very few Christmas songs I wanted to hear. Certainly before maybe the week of Christmas, but in the last decade or so, I've I've softened a lot on that and is realized. It perhaps, is it perhaps because of your daughter-in-law's influence a little? There's no question about that. <laughs> so my daughter-in-law loves Christmas, and she was not satisfied with me being a Grinch. And through her efforts over the years, I have I've become a full convert. And we've got lights on the house, and we put the tree up the weekend before Thanksgiving so that it will be decorated for Thanksgiving. So I did definitely didn't used to do that because Thanksgiving's always been my favorite holiday. But now. Once we get to that date, I'm on board and playing the Christmas music. So, love it or hate it, I guess I'm in the love it camp now. I guess I could say that I'm in the sort of middle road, middle of the road category because, you know, of course, I guess I can only speak for around here, but I can be certain that everyone growing up here in the States, you know, knows all the songs. Um, Santa Claus is coming to town. Jingle Bells, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Of course, everyone knows those. I could take it or leave it as far as putting Christmas songs into my regular shuffled list of songs. You know, it's cool. They play play the songs at work. Every job I've had, they play Christmas songs during the season. Most workplaces, retail places probably do. 
but there's still some songs I like. And so that was what we wanted to do for this episode, right? Yes, and you, you make a good point there, actually. As people who listen to music, seek it out and use it for setting our moods or in response to our moods or as an activity that we enjoy doing from a hobby standpoint, Christmas songs are not likely to get over into that level of, of analysis or something like that. They tend to be more, you hear them in public, or there is some event, you have a Christmas party, or you're decorating your Christmas tree. Or I guess I could add, too, that being in band, um, 6th through 12th grade and some in college, every year there's always a Christmas concert. Whether we were in band or even jazz band I was in for several years, always Christmas. So you get you get used to playing those tunes, of course. And then you you mention um, serious um, music listeners. You know, Christmas doesn't really get into the looking at thing, looking at songs critically, but right. you know, just about every artist you can think of has done a Christmas album. It's almost obligatory. It is, and I'm okay with that. It, it's it's interesting. You know, they're they would definitely fall under the heading of novelty records mm. in, in virtually every case, I would say. But there's there's something there, and, and many different people have great arrangements and versions of Christmas songs. So when our boys were growing up, we went to the same mall in Louisville every year and took their pictures in front of the same tree from the time our youngest was born up until um, through, through high school, through 18. So we, you know, we had uh, 16 or 17 years of pictures, and we would make this trip with some friends of ours. And one of the things I used to do in the early and mid 2000s was search out for Christmas songs that we didn't know or that I didn't know, and make a burn a CD for us to play to listen to on the way to Dallas. On the way to Dallas, that's right. <laughs> and so we would, we we found all kinds of hilarious and very cool versions of Christmas songs and I won't be including probably any of those kinds of things you know something like I really like uh, Leon Redbone and Dr. John's version of Frosty the Snowman. <laughs> That's a good one. It's really great but I've, I've wanted to pick uh, for me five, five Christmas songs that I really like that I think sort of just kind of sum up the holidays for me are they my five favorites? Well, maybe today, but they they're sort of they sort of encapsulate the holiday season for for me. So most of them are not going to be obscure. You're likely to know all of them. Yes, I agree with that, Josh. I would say that myself. People are likely to know these five songs, and I just want to reiterate, like our um, third episode about cover songs, we have each chosen uh, five songs, and we have chosen them separately from one another. We do not know what the other is going to pick. So, with that said, um, I think I'll go first. What do you say, Josh? That sounds good. What is your first selection? Well, my first selection is a, a Christmas song I really like, and I didn't have very... I, would, I, didn't, I didn't say anything bad about this artist in the first episode, but I said that I wasn't um, a big fan. I said he was overrated. This is Elvis Presley. And I'm talking about 1957's Blue Christmas. Let's go ahead and listen to that. Christmas without you. 
decorations of red on a green Christmas tree. Won't be the same, dear, if you're not here with me. And when the blue snowflakes start falling. You know, I really like that song. What do you think, Josh? It's great. It's a classic. Now, Elvis was not the first to record this. It was recorded a couple times, um, notably, I would say, by Ernest Tubb. But, um, yeah, Elvis gets hold of this song. It's such a classic. I really like, in the lyrics, just the, the, the color, the contrast of the colors. I'll have a blue Christmas without you, with the decorations of red on a green Christmas tree. But I especially like what, you know, maybe it's a chorus, maybe it's just a, a hook, I don't know what you call it. You'll be doing alright with your Christmas of white, but I'll have a blue, blue Christmas. Like that. It's great, and Elvis sings it great as, again, we we don't dislike Elvis, we I like mean, Elvis. I was very careful to say that. It's not that I didn't like Elvis, right. it's just, you know. But this, I, this is an all-time classic, and I like... It occurs to me as we start this that it gives us an opportunity to think about these songs and their their different versions throughout the years. You've mentioned a couple. I immediately thought of one of my favorite. I mean, this is the best version. I think There's so. no question. But one of my favorite versions actually comes from uh, a She and Him Christmas. I don't know. If oh, you're, I, I have heard of that. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I don't know yes. if you're familiar, Lister, with She and Him, but it's a a group that's comprised of Zoe Deschanel, the actress. Uh, girl from Elf, if you don't know. True. And uh, and a guy who I couldn't tell you who it is. <laughs> but they have a couple of really great Christmas albums, and they do a version with uh, of, of Blue Christmas that I like as well. I really like also, I just want to mention about the, the arrangement. We have, um, I really like the guitar. That's Scotty Moore on guitar. I played with Elvis for a long time. But it really is... You have drums, uh, piano, bass, and guitar kind of function as the rhythm section. And really, the, the meaty part of the chords, I should say, are provided by the Jordanaires, the background mm-hmm. singers. So that's pretty interesting. So You know, Paul McCartney owns one of Bill Black's basses. I just wonder. Really? Yeah, he's got one of his big uprights. Uh, uprights. Uh, it may have been the one from Heartbreak Hotel. I don't know. I'm going well, from that, memory that's, here. That's something. But I wonder if it's... The one he used on this recording. That Who would be knows? interesting, wouldn't it? <laughs> it certainly fits the time period. So there you go. There's my first pick, The Wonderful Blue Christmas by Elvis Presley. Great choice. Love it. So Josh, I'm going to go ahead and take a guess what your first song is going to be. Oh. Would it be having? Would it be simply having a wonderful Christmas time by Paul McCartney? It absolutely is not. <laughs> <laughs> For these are our favorites and the best. <laughs> 
Josh has always had a particular distaste for this song, and I love to make fun of him for it. The mood is right. The spirit's up. We're here tonight. And that's enough. I just had to throw that in there. So what's Mood your actual... We're going crazy. If I hear it again, I'll scream and shout. Simply having a wonderful Christmas time. <laughs> Twist and shout? <laughs> Stab and shout. I don't know. I'm going insane. <laughs> so, Josh, what's your real first pick? So, uh, I will also go way back and be traditional. If I had to pick my very favorite Christmas song ever... Oh, it would be it would be this song from the late 1950s recorded by Brenda Lee rocking around the christmas tree okay great i like that it's it's great 1958 is the year what i didn't really realize is that she was only 13 when she recorded this song really 13 isn't that hard to believe and I would not have ever thought that. It's now spent, you know, 60 years in in the the public eye. I think it's this season's number one Spotify Christmas song still after after that that long. The guy who wrote it was named Johnny Marks. He also wrote Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and A Holly Jolly Christmas. Oh, really? So if if you're looking for the all-time Christmas song writer, Johnny Marks has got to be right up there as he's written you know, three classics, and one of those, A Holly Jolly Christmas, I didn't include from Burr Lives, but that's one of the, the greats as well. But this this song makes me think of, more than anything, probably watching Home Alone, and the visual that I get, even now, when I hear it, is of Macaulay Culkin creating the fake party so that the wet bandits <laughs> won't come to the house and he's dancing and you know the the Michael Jordan cutout is moving on the train through the house and it's that's what I think of but it's it's just an all-time classic so let's listen to Brenda Lee's rocking around the Christmas tree fact that that was a 13-year-old we just heard singing. It, it's an incredible piece of information. That is not a teenager's voice. Not, not at all, especially not a 
barely a teenager. <laughs> It's uh, it's a grown woman sounding voice, and uh, you know she couldn't believe it when the they approached her to sing it. But they saw something in her, and clearly it worked. It's not Christmas time until I've heard "Rocking Around the Christmas Tree." Now you also heard a saxophone solo that solo there that uh, came from the legendary Boots Randolph to oh. connect it to to Elvis. Uh, of course, he played a lot with Elvis. Uh, Return to Cinder is the same saxophonist that you hear here um, on on this song. And then the piano on that that number for Brenda Lee is played by Floyd Kramer. So some, some fairly legendary names appear yes. on, on that recording. And that's just an iconic so um, sax solo. I mean when you hear that you know you know what song it is. Absolutely. So my first selection, the great Rocket Around the Christmas tree for Brenda Lee, never get tired of it. Love to hear it every year. Excellent choice. All right, what do you have for us next, Jacob? Well, this is a very much a personal favorite of mine from 1986. This is from George Strait. Merry Christmas, straight to you. Let's hear it. There's lots of ways to share the days of Christmas with your friends. A Christmas card, a tree that start and gifts that make you grin. I'd like to share this song with everyone who came our way Without a doubt the fire's not out, it burns for you today So here's a Merry Christmas straight to you I hope it cheers you up when you are down and feeling blue You've been so kind, you've crossed my mind And nothing less will do Here's a Merry Ah uh, yes, that's a that's a great classic, and the kind of song that I like to to see in a project like this, an artist that you love, doing a sort of a signature Christmas song. It really is his signature song. He this is from an entire album he did. Like I said in '86, this would have been just at the beginning of his career, and in the '80s he had a particular sound. Um, I, I can't quite nail it down, but. You hear this on this album, um, just you know the same a lot of the same players who played on his earliest work. Um, I really like, I, I just like the song, and of course it had to be "Merry Christmas" straight to you, like S T R A I T, and I like at the end of the song, um, the little riff. Da, 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 da. So it's kind of like the beginning of "Deck the Halls." Mm-hmm. I, I always like that as well. So. Um, like I said, that's just a personal favorite for me. Merry Christmas Straight to You by the Great George Strait. Outstanding. So what do we have next, Josh? Well, this is a song from an artist that did not do a full Christmas album. So, But it's, it's similar in that it's not a traditional Christmas song as most of my selections are. This was a song written by this artist that becomes a, a signature Christmas song for that artist and it is associated only with that artist, much like Merry Christmas Straight to You is only with George Strait. Can I take a guess? That's oh, go right choose. ahead. Is it, yes. is it Happy Xmas, The War is Over? No, it's not. 
It's not. Oh, okay. Well, um, though that fits the bill for everything that that everything that I've you said. just said. <laughs> yeah, it perfectly fits the bill, um, and is worth mentioning because anytime I hear somebody else doing um, the, the the John Lennon song that Jacob just referenced, um, "War Is Over," if you want it. I think, why don't you just play John Lennon's version? I don't yeah. need somebody else to do that. I agree. And that's definitely the case with this absolutely wonderful record, Christmas All Over Again by Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Okay, well, that's a good choice. I did not see that coming. Let's hear it. such a great song and I just have to mention that like my choice Merry Christmas Straight to You with George Strait and Tom Petty they each have a Christmas song that is sounds just like any other song of theirs it has the <laughs> yes. signature sound and I, I can't say I've heard that more than a few times but you have the jangly Rickenbacker you have the the harmonies you have just the 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 keys sound the piano sound it is so characteristic of any Tom Petty song. I love that. It's everything that's great about Tom Petty. Which is everything. Which is everything. But it also sounds like a Christmas song. It's yes. somehow So that was the lead song on an album that was released in 1992 called A Very Special Christmas 2. So it's been around since the early 90s. Now, when we were listening, Jacob and I were watching a live performance that I discovered from around the year 2000 of the song. I was just floored to see that, just just because they're, they're such a great band and Tom Petty is so great, but I was just struck by, it's really just a Tom Petty song with Christmas lyrics. It, it, it pretty much is, um, and of course it's going to have his, his uh, witty little way of saying things. I particularly like the second verse, long distance relatives, haven't seen them in a long, long time. Yeah, I kind of missed them. I just don't want to kiss them, no. <laughs> it's Christmas all over again. <laughs> you know, a little backhanded swipe. But but then, of course, you get the little bridge a couple of times. All over town, little kid's going to get down. Christmas is a rocking time. Put your body next to mine. Underneath the mistletoe we go. You put your body next to mine. He's borrowing from the Wilburys there, it seems like to me, in, uh, in uh, Handle with Care. But, yes, you know, Jacob mentioned the Rickenbacker. As we move through doing these, any opportunity I can get to talk about a Rickenbacker guitar, I'm going to do it. 
because it's my favorite sound in the it's entire world. One of the it's one of the most recognize probably the most recognizable guitar sound. Yes, in my opinion. Yes. Sometimes it's again in my opinion hard to pick out. Okay, this is a Stratocaster, a Telecaster, Les Paul. You know. It's a Rickenbacker guitar. That's absolutely the case. You can guess on some of the others and often be right, and the style of music sometimes will help you to do that. But with a Rick, you know it as soon as it starts. And, and, and seriously, I think it's the most wonderful sound in the entire world. And it's so it's been so associated with lots of different artists and acts. But for me. Um, Tom Petty comes to mind when I when I hear Rickenbacker. Sure. To be honest, of yeah. course, it, it was, it's the George birds. Harrison played it a lot. It's it's George Harrison in a Hard Day's Night to the birds to Tom Petty. I mean, that's that's the history of the instrument. Lots of other people have used yes. it and have been known for it, but those are those are the big three. So Christmas, all over again. Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Absolutely awesome choice. Doesn't get any better than that. All right, Jacob, what's your next pick? Well, I sort of gave it away before you mentioned Tom Petty. Uh, my my choice is, of course, Happy Xmas, War is Over. If you want it. Well, there you go. This was um, officially credited to um, John and Yoko and the Plastic Ono Band, also the Harlem Community Choir. This is, of course, with my being such a huge Beatles fan, this was one of the songs that I heard more early on, and it's the seventh single that John Lennon released after the Beatles broke up. And of course it's a protest song and we're talking about the Vietnam War, but I think that it's, you know, even though it's a Vietnam protest song and related to Christmas, it, it has a timelessness to it, I think. And it's become a standard in, in the Christmas uh, tapestry. So, let's hear it. Happy Christmas, Kyoko. Happy Christmas, Julie. So this is Christmas. What have you done? Another year over And a new one just begun And so this is Christmas I hope you have fun The near and the dear ones The like that song it's an all-time rock Christmas classic and among Beatles related Christmas stuff 
it stops and ends with that. Unless you go back to the Christmas records that they released through the fan club, which are entertaining. But as a song proper, you, it stops good. and ends here. It's a really interesting uh, song. It comes from the era, the same era that he was recording Imagine. So a lot of those players are on here. Um, like Nicky Hopkins, the great session musician, played with the Rolling Stones. He plays piano and chimes and glockenspiel. And uh, that certainly contributes to the Christmas sound. It does. You he know. also played the piano on Revolution yes. for the Beatles. And we have May Pang on backing vocals. That's I didn't, an I didn't interesting note that. that you get a song that has both Yoko and um, lost weekend girlfriend May Pang on. That's a, that's a fascinating <laughs> little piece of trivia there if you know the history of, of those folks. Not to mention um, that Hugh McCracken played guitar on this, and he's a notable session musician as well and played with a lot of people. Um, even associated with Steely Dan, Hugh McCracken is. And of course, I have to mention on Sleigh Bells and Drums, the great Jim Keltner, who was, um, what, Otis Sideberry? Was that his name? Yes, Otis Sideberry with the Wilburys. And... The Traveling Wilburys, a great drummer. He's been all over the place uh, in his career. And I don't know if I already said this, but Phil Spector produced it. And something else that was funny when I listened, went back to listen to this song, and we just heard it now, at the beginning, John says, Happy Christmas, Sean. But to my ear, it sounded like Yoko said Happy Christmas to herself. Okay. But oh. it's actually her, her yes, daughter, yes, Kyoko. Kyoko. But I just thought it was funny, like, oh. No, and it's, it's not Sean, it's Julian, because Sean's later. Happy Christmas, oh, Kyoko. Oh, that's right. I Happy meant, Christmas, Julian. Right. Anyway, really like that song. Had to include it. That's Happy Xmas, War is Over by John Lennon. Outstanding. Josh, what's next for you? For my third selection, I'm again going to go with a rock artist. This time it won't be a song that he wrote or is unique to him, but is an old-time traditional classic. But when it was recorded live in 1975, it became, his version became a, a perennial favorite that I still love to listen to every year. He's not one of my favorite artists, but I understand why people love him and there are plenty of his records that I like just fine. But if I have to pick my favorite Bruce Springsteen song, it's Santa Claus is Coming to Town. <laughs> I, I love that. this version. Let's take a listen and you better watch out.
Bruce Springsteen for you. I love it. I'll always love it. I don't care what anybody says. And oh, the you better be good for goodness sake part is where it's all happening. You know, he asked Clarence Clemens, the late great Clarence Clemens, if he's been a good boy. He's going to get a new saxophone from Santa. So he has to play that sax solo on that one. What what a fun record. Makes me smile every time. I That song, of course, has been recorded by... Everybody and their dog, of course. You know, throughout history, from Bing Crosby to Mariah Carey to Neil Diamond to Frank Sinatra to Chris Isaac, The Temptations, <laughs> Michael Bublé, Jackson Five. Okay, everybody it's, has sung "Santa Claus Is it, Coming." To perhaps town. it's one of the most standardy of standards. It absolutely is. Published in 1934, the earliest known version is from a banjoist named Harry Reeser. 1934. But the hit for me is Bruce and the e Street Band, <laughs> Santa Claus is Coming to Town. You better be good, for goodness sake. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> All right, what's your next choice, Jacob? Well, this one may be, maybe it's a little more obscure. I don't know. This is from 1978 by a very, very famous rock band. They put this song on the charts, and it peaked at number 18. It I'm was so delighted you selected this song. It was, you know what it is. I do. It was actually the first Christmas song to reach the top twenty since Roy Orbison's Pretty Paper in 1963. That was interesting. Of course, the song that I am talking about is from Eagles. It is "Please Come Home for Christmas," and it is great. It really is. Let's check it out. Bells will be ringing. song for any number of reasons. It's such a cool song. It it it's it gets it gets eagles into our show, which my son Joel has been very upset at us for not he loves eagles. We haven't talked much about them, so here you are. We're getting eagles in there and we get a great 
that's their that's their sound, even though it's a Christmas song. Timothy B. Schmidt is in the that, band that at this was point. His first, actually, his first recording. Yeah, the very first one. And of course, you you've got Don Henley's always great singing and his robo drumming, of course. <laughs> his drumming, I don't know. That's another episode. Not the greatest drummer who ever existed, but, but the I greatest singing say, drummer. I was just about to say to sing and play drums. What an incredibly difficult prospect. I just I love this song. It is it's a cover. Speaking of covers again, it was first recorded in 1961 by a blues singer named Charles Brown. This song just has that so classic chord progression. Um, the walking down of the chords at the beginning a. A major 7 to A dominant 7 um, in lots of uh, augmented and diminished chords but then at the end of the bridge you get that iconic E augmented chord mm-hmm. it happens to be the same chord that opens up the Beatles' Oh Darling it does but you, you just countless songs have this progression but I, I just love it here with this example such a a good song and um it, you know, just like um, with George Strait and just like with Tom Petty, now you have the Eagles. They're doing an Eagles song that happens to be about Christmas. And that's I think that's what it's all about, actually. Yeah. and uh, It's not so fun if, to me, it's not so fun if you're just doing a standard, if you're just doing the same old thing. Yeah, these are the best kind. I think uh, so. I have this 45, and it's got funky... Oh, you do? It has funky New Year on the flip side, oh, so that's you can cool. get both holidays out. But, of course, my favorite reason that, that you picked this, Jacob, is if you hadn't, it had to be on my list because this song has to be mentioned, so it allows me to pick another song. <laughs> oh, you mean this was an intersection? Yes. Okay, well, there you go. <laughs> But I, I, I kind of suspected it might come up, so I was ready with a replacement. Okay, so this would be your song number four? This will be song number four. So what this are, is what not the have? replacement, though. This oh, okay. is one on my uh, original list, and we're, we're going to go way back into history to a song that was, that began to be written and recorded in the 40s. Okay. And actually had several different versions that were that were recorded throughout the 50s before the traditional recording was um was was released and I've I've lost the date. I think the the uh, the main recording that now everybody knows was from 1961. Yes, the most widely played version even though this artist had recorded it at least three separate times in the 40s and in the 50s. The song was written by the Velvet Fog, Mel Torme, (laughs) who wrote the music and some of the lyrics, most of the lyrics written by Robert Wells, in July because it was hot and they wanted to think cool. So they started writing things down like chestnuts roasting, Jack Frost nipping, Yuletide carols, things of this nature, and they came up with the all-time standard, the Christmas song, which of course was made famous by one of my favorite singers of all time, Nat King Cole.
chestnuts roasting on an open fire Jack Frost nipping at your nose Yuletide carols being sung by a choir And folks dressed up like Eskimos Everybody knows A turkey and some mistletoe Help to make the season bright Tiny tots with their eyes all aglow Will find it hard to sleep tonight They know that Santa's on his way He's loaded lots of toys and goodies on his sleigh And every mother's child is gonna spy To see if reindeer really know how to fly And so I'm offering this simple phrase It's from one to ninety-two Although it's been said Many times, many ways Merry Christmas to That is just a beautifully done rendition of that. Nat King Cole truly is a very, very, very great singer. This will probably be as corny and sappy as I will ever get on this podcast. (laughs) But particularly through the first few lines of that song, if there is anything that stirs up visions of sitting in front of the fire and the glow of the lights of the Christmas tree, particularly with the family or person in particular that you love, that is it. It is it, it stirs up all of the emotions that go along with the season and the familial aspect and the aspects of, of, of love, which of course is usually what Nat King Cole is singing about. And I was thinking as we were listening to it, I've I've long I've long said in picking my favorite vocalists that uh, the two easy answers for me are Nat King Cole and Al Jarreau, and I was really? just struck with how much of Nat King Cole's style Al Jarreau embodies. They they sound very similar. Now, of course, that's true. Jarreau goes over into scatting and all these other kinds of things. He's more of a straight-ahead jazz singer in a, yeah. in a lot of ways. But they, they're they similar, and I, I, I never really thought about that's probably why I like both of them so much. But I, I would listen to Nat King Cole sing anything, and, and in fact, I fairly regularly do. Just go to Nat King Cole on Spotify and and hit let go. Let play. And just, and just let it go. And, and for some reason, that style of music from that time frame... Just sounds like the holidays. Just even pop. if it's not, even if it's not Christmas music, if you play stuff from that era, 
it evokes those feelings. Um, this is an all-time, this is an all-timer in, in, for me yeah. and for a lot of people. In listening to this back again, I, I really get a lot of, I really hear some John Legend in his voice too. I should say, well, oh, I should yes. say that John Legend has a, a vocal style and sound that does sound like a lot, a lot like Nat King. Cole. Another great vocalist. I have you're, to say. you're right. There's there's something there that's in that tone, in maybe in some of the the way that the words are are put together. You're right. There's a thread that that runs through that. But it all starts with Nat King. And I really like, at the end of the song, the jazz guitar does the jingle bells. Mm-hmm. There's so many musical Easter eggs, maybe we could say. Yeah. Like that one, like at the end of the George Strait song, like I talked about. Um, the piano intro for the Eagles song we heard. So many different mm-hmm. co- sort of you know, musical callbacks to other songs, uh, other Christmas songs. I really like that. So... The Christmas song from Nat King Cole. All right, we are down, I believe, to our final selection. Correct. So, Jacob, for number five, what have you? Well, I am choosing a song that is a show tune. And um, it's not really a Christmas song, but it also kind of is because it gets on all the all everyone's Christmas albums. Um, of course, I am talking about my favorite things which is a Rodgers and Hammerstein, um, a piece of theirs. And, of course, it was first recorded in 1959. Um, And there's an interesting story about how it came to be. But first, I'm going to play for you the arrangement of that song that I've chosen. Of course, it's been recorded a ton of times. Um, I'm going to choose John Coltrane's version, Um, one of my favorite um, jazz musicians. Let's hear it. Let's hear part of it. It's 13 minutes. I won't make y'all listen to all of it. Let's just hear part of this song. That's the kind of recording that I like to have on playing. It just It's just great. It makes me, me feel great. A good jazz combo I can listen to. Whether I'm actively listening to it or in the background, it's just it's so fun for me. And I know it's not this arrangement I chose is not overly Christmassy, but I really am a fan of John Coltrane. Of course, he is more well-known for playing the tenor saxophone, but he plays soprano sax on this album. It's called My Favorite Things. And it's from 1961. 
the the main story behind this song is, as everyone I'm sure knows, it was popularized by Julie Andrews when she was in the motion picture version of Sound of Music. And um, the story of how it got to be a Christmas song is interesting. There's a man named Jack Jones who was a pop singer back around the 50s and 60s, and they wanted him to include a, a popular show tune on an upcoming Christmas album. And um, he, he, he himself, the man, wasn't sure if this is really a Christmas song. Well, they told him, you know what, just add some sleigh bells to it, and it'll be okay. <laughs> Must have worked, because everybody yeah, still course. considers it to be one. And, uh, of course, we have some of the lyrics that do evoke some Christmas things. You have the brown paper packages tied up with string, perhaps. Um, you also have mention of sleigh bells, and you have silver-white winters that melt into spring. Uh, you have sleigh bells, so a lot of Christmas imagery. Uh, it's just a really weird story because everyone knows it from the sound of music, but then, like I said, it's on every you know Christmas album there is probably. So had to choose that. I I, I would be remi- I felt I would be remiss if I didn't mention a a jazz artist, a jazz recording because there are some great great. Christmas um, charts that uh, jazz bands and jazz combos have recorded, so had to include that one. Well, I thoroughly enjoyed that. So that was um, from John Coltrane, uh, My Favorite Things. So now we come back to your fifth pick, Josh, and I'm I'm going to say I'm, I'm going to be upset if you don't um, choose a song that I have in my head. Well, you know, you I told you, you... you haven't mentioned it yet. I know. I told you that I, with your selection, I was going to be able to move some things around. I would have included this one either way, but I couldn't figure out what I was going to leave out. I would have ended with this regardless. But the, the last song on my list of Christmas songs, of course, um, we already said Christmas records were novelty records, but this is a novelty record of a novelty Christmas song. And, of course, I'm talking about Weird Al Yankovic's The Night Santa Went Crazy. No, I'm not. Although that would be a fun one. Okay. Are you familiar with that, by the way? No, I'm not. Let let me hear this choice because I'm going to be upset if you don't say... (laughs) But, 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 see, the opening couplet of The Night Santa Went Crazy is, Down in the workshop, all the elves are making toys for the good Gentile girls and the good Gentile boys. You need to listen to that because it's hilarious, but it's not the one I actually Okay, picked. so that's not that's his honorable mention. What is your fifth pick? <laughs> I have picked Merry Christmas from okay. the Family by Robert Earl. Thank King. you. You haven't you didn't mention it before now and I was gonna be upset if you didn't put it on there. <clears throat> Mom got drunk and dad got drunk at our Christmas party. <laughs> that's the opening couplet to this legendary classic first released on the album Gringo Honeymoon in nineteen ninety four and played countless times in December, and the centerpiece of annual Christmas shows from Robert Earl Keane and his band, and the home of such wonderfully Texas country Christmas lyrics as, Little sister brought her new boyfriend, he was a Mexican. That's a great (laughs) rhyming couplet. We didn't know what to think of him until he sang Feliz Navidad. LOL. A, a, A dysfunctional tale of the most redneck bunch of rednecks 
bringing in their third and fourth wives and all their kids and chain smoking. And of course, the proceedings have to be brought to a halt so somebody can run down to the quick pack store <laughs> to get very important supplies for their Christmas party, such as ice and extension cords and bean dip and, and diet rights and tampons. <laughs> Okay, Josh, all right, let's stop reading the lyrics. Let's <laughs> let them hear the song, all right? Let's play it. Here it is. Mom got drunk and dad got drunk At our Christmas party We were drinking champagne punch and homemade eggnog Little sister brought her new boyfriend He was a Mexican We didn't know what to think of him Tell us sang Feliz Navidad Feliz Navidad Brother Ken brought his kids with him Three from his first wife, Lynn And the two identical twins From his second wife, Mary Nell Of course it brought his new wife, Kay Who talks all about AA Chain smoking while the stereo plays Noel, Noel, the first Noel Margaritas when the eggnog's gone Send somebody to the quick pack store We need some ice and an extension cord A can of bean dip and some diet rides A box of tampons, some Marlboro lights Hallelujah, everybody say cheese Merry Christmas from the family That's certainly a crowd favorite, um, and just like you said, plays that every time there's a Christmas thing. Even I, I've read that even in the late in the fall, he starts playing this song yeah. because people love it so much. Yeah. Hallelujah! Everybody say cheese. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it it calls to mind. You know, even if you don't have this kind of family around here, you know people who are like this, and you can just see it happening. If you're from Texas, you can see the story play out. It certainly reminds me of um, Clark Griswold from National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. You know how his cousin shows up with the with the motorhome. <laughs> cousin Eddie. <laughs> it reminds me of that too. So I'm I'm glad I'm I'm really glad you picked that song. I didn't pick it because I knew you would. And but then I got a little nervous. <laughs> so, so what you're saying is, if I hadn't picked it, you couldn't have been more surprised if you'd woke up with your head sewed to the carpet. Where did you say? Where did you get that? That's from Christmas Vacation. Uh, well, I don't know that movie that well. Okay, that's silence. That's what Clark says when Eddie shows up. Oh, that went over my head. I have to say, Robert Earl King, 
quote, well, it's a real popular song with us. I have nine records out, and this song just sort of cropped up <laughs> and became a real favorite, and we get requests for it year-round. So I had to create this rule. I call it the linen rule, where we don't play the song as long as you can wear linen. So it saves it, and it makes it fresh for the holiday season. We start playing it around Labor Day and play it on through the holidays. Okay, so I was right, I guess. <laughs> you were. You, you were right. That is one of his big songs. and He actually recorded a follow-up to that song, which is not as good. It is not. It's, it's funny. It, it loses the magic of the uh, of the original. It, it's a nice throwback, and it's on a, a great Robert O'Keefe album. Is it's it called Gravitational Forces? Happy Holidays, y'all. Um I think it may be on Walking Distance. Yeah, it's on Walking Distance. Happy Holidays, y'all, yeah. But it's worth a mention just to note the opening line of that song, which is, there is a Barbie doll in the gravy boat upon Mom's TV set. <laughs> An angel made of styrofoam holds Rita's cigarette. And Josh, Josh gladly recites this from memory, just right on the spot. I was just going to mention the song, but he knows it already. Uh, yes, very familiar with the Robert Earl King catalog, but... Uh, among all the classics, this one has to stand supreme for this podcast. Merry Christmas from the family. Had to do it. So, I think that will uh, conclude this episode, this holiday-centered episode, and I really think that it's it's turned out. We got some interesting choices in there. And so, we hope that um, you aren't too um, bored by this. Everybody knows Christmas songs. Everyone talks about Christmas songs, but uh, we had to. Do, we felt like it would be a fun thing to add. So yeah, it was uh, even more fun than I'd hoped. Uh, just going through some of those and thinking of some of the stories and things from the silly to the sublime and everything in between. Holiday music stirs up all sorts of memories, and sharing them has been a lot of fun. Before we sign off, Jacob, where can they reach you? Well, we can be reached on Facebook on our Somebody Else's Favorite Song page. You can type that right into the search and find us there. And of course, I'm on Facebook as well. Jacob King is my name. You can also find me on Twitter at 5thJMK. That is F-I-F-T-H-J-M-K. And that's where I can be reached. Uh, Josh, what about you? On Twitter at Squonk15, S-Q-U-O-N-K-1-5. Joshua at JoshuaVBest.com. Or via my website, joshuavbest.com, or our podcast website, which is still in its early stages, but a point of contact, sefs.show. I'm sorry, I just want to mention one more thing, that uh, we are available now everywhere that you can listen to podcasts, uh, Spotify, Apple, and Google, Stitcher, Overcast, really everywhere now. That wasn't the case a couple of weeks ago, but there we are. So I want to say thanks to everyone for listening um, and to quote the ending of the, um, the uh, sequel to Robert O'Keefe's Merry Christmas from the Family. Merry Christmas, everyone, and happy holidays, y'all. Until next time, I'm Jacob. And I'm Josh. And this has been Somebody, Somebody Else's, Else's Favorite, Favorite Songs. Songs.